With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, Tyrac.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you start at ExpressPros.com. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in. It is April 16th, at least in the West Coast, the best coast. The sun is shining. The birds are chirping. Spring has sprung. And unlike uh, the Midwest, where Major League Baseball games were canceled, we got games of plenty. Dodgers taking on the Padres this week. Red Sox come to town, take on uh, Shohei Otani tomorrow at the Big A. We got a lot to get to baseball-wise. Hoops-wise, we're here. The playoffs have arrived. Football, Des Bryant looking for a home. And uh, two guys who call New England home are not going home, at least for OTAs. And we're a week and a half away from the NFL draft, which you can see on Fox this year. So... A metric ton to get to. Rick Buecher, uh, who is a longtime NBA sage, will join us in 15 minutes. We'll get his thoughts on uh, Greg Popovich straight up calling out Kawhi Leonard's people after the game. We'll get his thoughts on the debacle that was the Cleveland Cavaliers after game one. We'll get his thoughts on the Oklahoma City Thunder and 
Paul George can try and mess around and stay in Oklahoma City. He's playing so well. And try and not freak out over just one game. But just one game for all these series, and I do think that you would nod your head and say this. I started sports radio nationally in 2003. And that was at the height of Red Sox-Yankees. That was probably peak Major League Baseball playoffs in terms of ratings and importance in the national radio landscape. And I always thought that nothing peaked in terms of, of, of the difference in attention to detail, in, um, in, in just how important every play, every pitch, every at-bat was. The spike between regular season baseball and postseason baseball was the biggest spike in sports. That was till I watched this weekend. NBA basketball is really, really talentful at the top. Uh, I generally believe that although more guys get a chance to make it for a cup of coffee at the bottom of the league because teams are tanking and it's a smart way to tank where you can play guys that can't really help you win, right, and pay them a lot less, the truth is the top of the league guys have more skill than previous generations. They shoot better. They pass better. And though they're more role players, they're bigger, they're longer, they can guard more positions. But you can take plays off. In the NBA, people take games off. There are quarters to which not much defense is played, not much ball movement is had in the regular season. The postseason is like a different sport. I'll grant you, there was a play last night late in the Rockets' win over the Minnesota Timberwolves, a series that I told you on Thursday would be much closer than a normal 8-1 series. And the logical reason was, hey, look, the Timberwolves, they didn't have Jimmy Butler for a portion of time, and they had some absolutely tragic losses. They're the only team to lose at home to the Memphis Grizzlies in 2018. They lost to the Hawks. They lost to the, the Orlando Magic. They lost some of the bottom teams in the league. So that may lead you to believe that they're not that good. That's not what I believe. I believe that they're a team, they have some dysfunction. They have some games where they've no-showed. But the truth is that their best is better than many of the other teams in the West's best. Like the Utah Jazz got, got a tremendous seed, right? Like they got a higher seed. But the Utah Jazz are not a better team at full strength right now. Even with Rudy Gobert, and Valentine, they're not a better team than a full-strength Minnesota Minnesota Timberwolves team. And so I knew that series would be close, but Carl Towns couldn't get the ball. It was, and Teddy was like, "Man, it was." He's acting like no one's ever denied in the basketball, and the answer is, yeah, no one really has, because in the regular season, teams just kind of go out and play. LaMarcus Aldridge, who dominant in the regular season and still finds a way to score. Everyone knows when he gets the basketball, he's turning one way. Turns the same way every time. And in the regular season, it works. In the postseason, hey, it's even more pronounced, the scatter report defense. It, it feels like a different sport. And what's maybe most surprising or most alarming is that the Cavs, it's like no one told these Cavs because so many of them had not been in this position before. Right? Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, 
Guys just hadn't been in that position before. And there was no juice at all in Cleveland. None. Sure, they missed some open shots. Those are shots, by the way, that show their limitations. They can't create their own shots. Since Kyrie's gone, there's no second shot creator. They just kind of stand around and look for somebody to make a play and then shoot a three. That's really their offense. And it may, in fact, work. But I think they got some they got some matchup problems with Victor Oladipo, right? Last year's team, they didn't really have a guy outside of LeBron that could cover KD, and LeBron tires covering KD. This year, they don't really have a guy that can cover Victor Oladipo. But I feel like this sport, in the NFL, you can't dog it because you can get hurt. Not just embarrassed, but you can get hurt. In Major League Baseball, though, there are guys that uh, that can no-show for a week or two. All of those stats are accumulated, and we kind of know who you are. Baseball stat, every pitch. The, I, I think the biggest difference in baseball is stats for relief pitchers, even if they pitch in high-leverage situations in the regular season, sometimes those go askew in the postseason. Right? The, the pressure on relief pitchers to come in and get one guy and to throw one strike to one specific batter and to live up to, but the numbers generally play out the same in the regular season. They, they're they're Jeterian, right? Derek Jeter, the ultimate, the numbers were the same as they were in the postseason. He just got enough games, right? So that there wasn't a small sample size. In the NBA, between taking play games off, between a lack of intensity because some teams are on back-to-backs, some teams are playing to lose, some teams are playing to win, it's really, really hard to tell. And so we can debate all we want about regular season awards. We can talk all we want about who gets and doesn't get an advantage from getting home court. But I'd make the case to you that if you watched NBA games, even some of the best regular season games, and then you watch the games this week and you're like, wow, that's like a different sport. College football, it's funny. When we watch bowl games or we watch uh, NCAA tournament games, a lot of times, There'll be fans that are like, wow, that's kind of sloppy. Guys miss a lot of shots. Like, yeah, that's actually what a regular season game looks like. They're kids. There is a ton of pressure. But every game is kind of ramped up pressure-wise. And they generally play hard every game because there's not that many games. And sometimes in the NCAA tournament, you get a guy that gets hot. or You get a team that crumples under pressure. But a lot of teams, we've seen some form of pressure before. The, The difference is... The big boys aren't playing home court. They don't get the benefit of officiating. But the game, sloppy or clean, generally lives up and or down to the numbers. Same in college football. The NBA, it's a it felt it felt like I'm watching a different sport. And it felt like the hardest calculation, the hardest calculation for what the Cavs were was not just because you're playing against the East and a lot of non-playoff teams, but you have so many guys, right? George Hill has played in playoffs in the past, but not 32-year-old George Hill hadn't played in playoffs in the past. Larry Nance hadn't. Jordan Clarkson hadn't. And some of them were playing in the playoffs in a new or assumed role. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Rick Buecher, who does an outstanding job for Bleach Report, uh, he's covered this league for 
damn, Buke, almost a quarter century. You're getting super, super old. But you still got you got better hair than me. You're better looking. Your family's almost as good looking as my family, but super, super talented. Um, all right, let's uh, let, let let's get to Greg Popovich. They get blown out by the Golden State Warriors, and afterwards, yeah. when asked about Kawhi, he has this to say. Expect Kawhi to rejoin you guys at any time to play. You'll have to ask Kawhi and his group that question. You know, so far they say that uh, he's not ready to go. Is there any? So we can't do anything until that happens. Then we would have to decide what's going on from there. But that's the first thing that has to happen. Right. Value, even if he's not playing, to have him on the bench with the guys. He's rehabbing right now in New York, trying to get healthy. What's your reaction to the way in which Pop is handling this? Uh, he doesn't have much choice. Uh, honestly, uh, it, it is, I mean, people around the San Antonio organization know that this is not the first time that Kawhi has had an injury that, that the length of which has baffled them, considering the, uh, the, the, the supposed severity of it, and it's taken a lot longer for him to get back. He knows that he is in a market where, for the most part, you don't acquire top talent free agents he's at a point in his career pop is in which the idea of drafting another star like a Kawhi and then developing them into a star probably isn't in the cards so he really has no choice but to try to play this the most diplomatic way possible and and see where it falls I think ultimately his goal is to say if this thing goes sideways if Kawhi leaves we're not, it's not going to be on us because we, as the Spurs, mishandled it from a public standpoint. When I've talked to Spurs people, they've made it clear. Look, we never said Kawhi was coming back. We never said he was ready to come back. That came from other places. And so this idea that, that there is a rift, they've tried to make sure, it might have been sourced, but they've tried to make sure that there's not going to be any uh, retribution or there's not going to be any recrimination that, well, the Spurs did this or said this, and this is what spoiled the pot when it came to Kawhi Leonard. All right, let's get to the other rehabbing player of note. Guy won two MVPs, uh, rehabbed, and some one-leg jumping, some other sort of rehab stuff on the floor before the Warriors win. How close is Steph to returning? Well, he's not doing any, any really sharp cutting right now. It's starting like the, I, saw, I saw him doing some sort of S maneuvers, some slight, you know, uh, uh, at, uh, agility drills where you kind of push off going left to right, but not a hard cut. And as we know with, with Steph, I mean, this is where, where the, the, the knee ligaments are, are going to be a, a major question far as whether he can get back 100%. That's why I affected him so much. A degree, a, a first-degree sprain the last time around, we saw how much it impacted him. This is a second-degree sprain. Now, the beauty of, or the, the advantage they have is that they're giving him all this time off. He tried to come back on a quicker plane. Uh, I think that's why they're giving him the time off, because they want to see him back 100%. The way Steph plays He's got to be able to move laterally without thinking about it. That's how he gets a lot of his shots off. And so until he's able to do that, I don't see him coming back. I I mean, I don't see this series going long. And so 
I would not expect to see him until the second round, depending on how much time there is between now and when that starts. Doesn't it just show, uh, like, look, I I was a little bothered by their energy. Rick Bucher from Bleacher Report, plus he has his own show on Sirius XM Channel 83, and he has an outstanding podcast you should download as well. Uh, what's it called? Swirl? Um, shoot. The Swirl. The, the swirl. swirl without an I. My bad. S-W-R-L. All right, The yeah. Swirl. Download Download the Swirl podcast. Okay, so, um, look, I was bothered by their their lack of effort at times at the end of the season, but the yep. thing that I saw that I didn't see enough people nationally point out was, hey, they're starting Quinn Cook. They, they didn't do what most teams do when you have an injury, which is you move your bench up to be starters. They didn't do that. Yep. They, they let Andre Godal yep. and Sean Livingston rest and still play their 10 to 15 minutes or whatever so that they had energy for the playoffs. And when you put a guy who, granted, Quinn Cook had a kind of a breakthrough season with the G League and with the Warriors, but like he's still a backup at best at this sure. level. And I and I I felt like making the change in game one only showed that they were kind of playing possum more than yep. playing terrible. No, no doubt about it. They they weren't trying to go out and show their best. There wasn't a concern that look, we we need to like we gotta figure out a way to put our best five on the floor or a best seven eight man rotation uh it's it's the advantage that the warriors have over every single team in the postseason cavaliers included since they're a a new troop which is they know how they can they know how they have to play to win a championship and as draymond green said after the after the game they know what they're capable of and so you know steve knew the what solutions he had available to him. He knew he could start Andre Iguodala, and that would be that would that would be an easy solution. And and uh, but but why go to that during the regular season and allow the Spurs one to have tape on it, uh, and for you not to have the element of surprise going into the postseason? So um, it made a world of sense. Uh, it's still. You know, look. There's there's other coaches who wouldn't, who even wouldn't have done it in game one. They they would have kept it in their back pocket even longer. I think it was smart, especially for a noon start, where it was very disappointing. The the Warriors faithful have now become as spoiled as the Bulls faithful were. You can go back through any of the championship teams. I think Lakers fans at one point. You have a noon start and 30 minutes before the game. That place is maybe a sixth full and the only warriors chant you're hearing is from the DJ's tape. And it just, we'll see how, we'll see what they do tonight, but it's still the first round. And that's, that's, I, I look, I've seen it all with the warriors and I saw it at the beginning where 30 minutes before the game, they were in full throat even before the warriors came out to warm up and They've gotten lazy. They've gotten soft. If Warriors fans want to complain about their team. You guys are just as bad. Um, okay, speaking of team that could, that could not get the crowd into it and they were not yeah. ready to play, the Cleveland yeah. Cavaliers were getting run off Ooh. the floor. There was no juice Ooh. in the building, no juice in that team. And I know everybody's like, hey, it's LeBron. He'll figure it out. I'm like, I don't know. Um, I, yeah. I, I get they missed some jump shots and they're a jump shooting team and the law of averages sometimes have, but. They couldn't guard anybody in the regular season. They couldn't guard yeah. that team in the postseason. What are your thoughts on what's going on in Cleveland? Well, look, it, you, you hate to ever close the door on LeBron. And certainly 
he didn't look worried. You can take that as a plus or a minus, how casual he was about, about losing this game in the way that they did. I thought one of the big telling points, it's not, for me, it's not the Cavs. I feel like I know who they are. And, yeah, if they make a few more shots, if Kevin Love gets a few more shots, Jeff Green or Jordan Clarkson, whoever it is on the corners, starts knocking those down, it's a different kind of game. What I was, what was most telling to me was when they made a run in the third quarter and they cut it to, I believe it was six, and they did it a couple times. And then, and this is on your home floor, and Larry Nance Jr. is excited and all those young guys are getting excited and the crowd's excited. The Pacers did not blink. Victor Oladipo did not blink. The next thing you knew, it was back at 11. Then it was back at 14. And to me, that was the most telling thing, which is, one, the Pacers aren't intimidated. And, two, the Cavs can make some shots and keep it closer, but they can't put a vice grip on you defensively where they get all the way back in the game. Or at least they couldn't with the Pacers. The Pacers are not intimidated. Victor Oladipo is not intimidated. And... As much as they only scored 98, and, and LeBron pointed that out, uh, their, their ability to close on the drive and then get back out to shooters was embarrassingly bad. I mean, well, you, you know, like, like, look, they only scored 98, but Bogdanovich didn't hit a shot. Like, he missed a bunch of shots. Right, that, five, that he, for, five for 17. Yeah, and, they were, and, look, the shots that they made were wide open, and the shots that they missed were wide open. Yeah, I look. I here here was there's two things. One, the the part that I think a lot of a lot of people missed on with the Cavs is they still have this problem that they have to have Kevin Love on offense, and he's not yep. terrible on defense. But if you have him, yep. if he's your center. There's nobody to protect your rim, and if he's your power forward, now all of a sudden you have that makes LeBron has to play small forward, and they got to bring in Tristan, which hurts their offense. Like it's just miss. And then. There's no guard that they have. They're like, all right, you guard Oladipo, and you know I know no. they're gonna they're gonna engage you and get switches and try and go at Kevin Love, but there isn't even any lockdown guard. Like I actually thought J.R. Smith did a good job defensively, but he's not he's not built to guard o- Oladipo. They don't have a defender that can guard somebody yep. like Oladipo. Yep. No. Agreed. And 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 the other part is that if you're gonna have LeBron do that work, I mean for for. Look, there's a lot that LeBron could do defensively to shore things up, but he's your only playmaker on offense. Yes. So asking him to do both is, it's just not going to happen. And so he's going to, I mean, you know, even, even in his, like, I, I really couldn't, I'm often critical of him because he gets to the rim so easily and he posts and he can just, he can grind you away on that, but where they were, they, he was driving and kicking and guys were getting wide open threes. Some of those, they just, they have to be made. He, he can't, he can't, the, the energy required, even as good as he is, the energy required to get to the, to, to the paint and work with his back to the basket. I mean, he's going to get there with anybody. Um, you know, right now, you look at the, these two teams, he's often the biggest, tallest, strongest player on the floor, which is how much this game has changed. But that said, you're, you're just, and this is what, you and I talked about this, I think, weeks ago. This is the great flaw in this Cleveland group, is that you don't have anybody who can really lead the charge defensively, and you don't have anybody else who can lead it other than LeBron offensively. Um, 
All right, so then let's go to Houston. Um, yep. Look, James Harden is incredible, and they did win game one, and there is a little bit of pressure on you. I kind of feel like this is going to be a competitive series. Am I crazy? Uh, no, you're not, you're not crazy. I, I mean, I think every game is going to be close. It could be, you know, four games close and that's it. Uh, because I just, I don't like the, I mean, what's Minnesota doing end of game and Jimmy Butler's taking a three and he's, and it's not even a three. I mean, he steps, clearly steps across the three point line when you needed a three to, to tie the game. But, but I, forget that about was, that. How about, how about we get the ball to Carl Anthony Towns? I love how we get some touches to our best player. Just every now and again, like, hey, that guy's kind of good. Let's get him the basketball. And then he's got to want the basketball a little bit more. He's got to want it a little bit more. But you, I, honestly, as good as he can be in the post, I feel better getting him the ball on the move. He's not, he's not Tim Duncan. Right. He's not going to grind a guy. And he's, and, he's, and he's okay. I mean, honestly, he's, he's okay in the post, but he's, it, it, he's not. He's just not strong enough. It's easy to kind of get him off balance and taking off balance shots, and he's remarkably good at taking those. But I don't want that on a consistent basis. Yeah. But this is my, this is my problem. Whether it's end of game or it's getting Carl Anthony Towns involved, it's it's really Mike D'Antoni, the offensive wizard, versus Tom Thibodeau, the defensive wizard. And if this becomes a nip and tuck game at the end of end of games, and you need a possession to score. Um, right now with the balance, I like the offensive guy because he's probably going to get you a good look and he's got the isolation players to do it. And meanwhile, on the other side, I mean, time again, uh, even, even the De- going back to the Denver Nuggets game that got them into the playoffs, I'm, I'm looking at the plays run at the end of games and I'm thinking this is not going to work in the postseason. And it's a little astonishing for all the experience that Tom Thibodeau has that he's not better at it at this point. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Rick Buecher, love talking hoops with him, especially now. Uh, last thing, Buke, before I let you go. One of the things about Carl Towns and why he struggled to get position, one of the reasons that I think some of those Cavs players is it's basically a different sport in the playoffs, right? I mean, like the level of physicality, yep. the level yep. of energy, like it's it yep. feels like a completely different sport than the one you and I have been watching for the last six, seven months. For sure, for sure. No, and it's why, you know, on the flip side, Really, uh, uh, couldn't be more impressed with Ben Simmons and the the uh, the immediate adjustments that he made and the physicality that he played with. Obviously, he's playing kind of he's playing a different position, right? But I mean, uh, boy, that as a, a debut for a rookie, uh, that was he was he he looked far more comfortable doing his job in the postseason than Carl Anthony Towns. And Carl Anthony Towns has got a few years on him. Yep. Yep. Nope. I, I, I look, I missed on guys. That was not one I missed on a uh, little confirmation bias in it though, but Rick Buecher uh, from Bleacher <laughs> Report, Sirius XM 83. And of course the swirl is his podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Rick with a C R I C uh, B U C H E R. Thanks so much, Rick. Anytime. Doug. Fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Danny Amendola is now a dolphin. He's a dolphin. He went reverse Wes Welker. And this is Danny Amendola who um, he had a great catch in the Super Bowl. He had his best season as a Patriot this season. But let's also remember that Danny Amendola was a lot like some of the other guys that Bill Belichick has brought in. Danny Amendola struggled to stay healthy 
when he was in St. Louis. That was one of the reasons the Patriots were able to get him. Right? He was a, he's been a not healthy, a, a can't get healthy guy for several organizations. And he had that problem. He had that, that rep with the Pats. Here's Danny Amendola talking about playing for Bill Belichick. You know, so it's not easy. That's for sure. Uh, you know, he's an sometimes, but a lot of things I didn't like about playing for him. But I must say the things that I didn't like were all in regard to getting the team better. And I respected him. You know, I didn't like practicing in the snow. I didn't like practicing in the rain, but that was going to make us a better football team. And that was going to make me a better football player. It wasn't easy. He'd be the first to admit at, at the ring ceremony that it wasn't, it wasn't easy playing for him. You know, the silver lining is that it, it, we were at the ring ceremony. Correct. Which is, which actually goes in direct contrast to his other thoughts regarding Malcolm Butler. Right? I have my thoughts because I was out there putting my blood, sweat, and tears out in that field. And one of our best players wasn't on the field. To tell you the truth, I don't know why. I did ask, but I didn't get any answers. I can't make decisions like that, so I don't necessarily worry about it. But I know that Malcolm's a great player, and he could have helped us win. For whatever reason, he wasn't out there. He's going to play more football in his career. He's going to be there for a long time. Huh. Huh. So, look, I... I I understand that when Brady's not there, and do I think that Brady's got a beef? A little bit. Do I think that Gronk's got a beef? A little bit. Do I think they're the same beef? I do not. I do not. I don't think that Brady's sitting there not going to OTAs because because Malcolm Butler didn't play except for one play in the Super Bowl. I don't think, I don't believe that for one second. I don't think he likes the fact that his personal trainer had some of his privileges revoked. I think that I think that has a distinct possibility of being a reality, right? And um, I think this this is a little bit of payback for that. I also think that Belichick's probably going to draft on some level an heir apparent quarterback since he's traded away two backups who have become starters elsewhere. And I'm not sure he wants to, he wants to be down with he he knows the offense doesn't have to install the offense he doesn't have to be there but he probably should be there. Um, I think it's kind of fascinating to me that people relate the Rob Gronkowski deal to Malcolm Malcolm Butler. Gronk's not there because he wants a new contract. He got his contract reworked last year, but in typical smart Patriots fashion, it was all incentive laden. They didn't change anything except for, hey, if you hit these incentives, we'll give you some more money. And some of them he hit and some of them, most of them he didn't because Gronk struggles to stay healthy. And when they got him the ball in the second half of the Super Bowl, he showed just how dominant he was. I mean, that's a dominant football player. But I, I fall back on what Danny Amendola led with is the reality of all of this stuff. It ain't fun to butt heads with Tom Brady and his trainer. But you know what? He treats Tom Brady like he'd treat almost anybody else. It ain't fun to have to sit Malcolm Butler, but, you know, look, 
they probably wouldn't have been in eight Super Bowls if, to steal the expression that Bob McNair used, the inmates ran the asylum. Whatever Malcolm Butler did, Malcolm Butler wasn't playing particularly well. And like, remember, Malcolm Butler. I this part hasn't been reported a bunch, but it actually is. It's reported. It's he said it. Malcolm Butler said he wasn't feeling well on the Sunday before the Super Bowl, so he checked into the hospital. So if a guy's not playing well and he checks into the hospital and misses the team playing. Like, I don't know about you guys, but first, if you're not feeling well and you're part of a professional sports organization, the first people you go to is your team doctor. Their first name isn't doctor. They are actually doctors. Secondly, once you get admitted to a hospital, that has to leave everybody around you to think like, man, something's really wrong with this guy. Then you miss the team playing. That only feeds that assumption that something's really wrong with this guy. So I don't think it was one thing. I think it was a bunch of things. But all of this stuff, the, you know, it's not really that fun. No, it's probably not that fun for Rob Gronkowski to play on a dated contract, considering his talents. That's why he went out and uh, he got Drew Rosenhaus. Because Drew Rosenhaus promises everybody, man, we'll hold you out. We'll get you more money. Money, money, money. That's what we're going to get you. At the end of the day, all he could get was, because the team had him under contract, all he could get was a rework deal with a bunch of incentives in there, a bunch of bonuses in there. Some that he hit, some that he didn't. So do I think all of this is related? Sure. Do I think some of them are miffed over the Malcolm Butler thing? Yeah, but I also think they're miffed because that's Bill being Bill. But Bill being Bill is what's gotten them to eight Super Bowls. And if you want to say that Rome has fallen, cool. Who are you taking the AC East? Ryan Tannehill or maybe Baker Mayfield or whoever they draft in Miami? The New York Jets pulled off one of the most atrocious trades in the history of the draft. It wasn't that they traded up for the third spot. They traded up for the third spot like three weeks before the draft, not knowing who would be available at that third spot. The Buffalo Bills, ton of draft picks. No starting quarterback. Who are you going to take? So, does it look like there are issues? Yes. Brady probably has an issue with him. Gronk has an issue with him. Those issues are not the same, and I don't think they have anything to do with Malcolm Butler. And Danny Amendola leaving wasn't because Danny Amen wasn't because of Malcolm Butler. He got more money to go play elsewhere. He had one season where he played sixteen games. That year, he had 27 catches. You know, he was 54, 27, 65, 23, 61 catches. This year, he had his most yards as 659 yards receiving. He's a good player. He's a nice piece. Just a piece. It's replaceable. And with Edelman back, Hogan back, going out and getting Franklin from, um, from Buffalo, just a piece. They got Brady, they got Belichick, they got Gronk. Who else are you going to take in the AFC East? Rome had its problems and did ultimately fall. It'll fall in New England, but I think calling it now, it's calling it too early. Calling it too early. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
Ryan Rosillo joins uh, joins me. He's got his own podcast, of course. He's done his own national radio show. Uh, he just moved to the best coast, so now he actually finishes watching these games and then has a life afterwards. It's refreshing, isn't it? Yeah, it's weird. I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah, you know. Yep. You get done. All right. Let's uh, let's let's start with the Cavs. How big a trouble are they in? Well, what's so shocking about this is if they were going to stink, they were going to stink on defense because they've been terrible on defense all year. I mean, they don't practice. I think they practice as little as any team in the league. And when you watch their defensive problems, you could actually go, okay, this is fixable because they're just so bad. Like losing somebody in the corner, letting run baseline on you, bad switches. You know, the, the things that you would see them screw up, you go, well, these are actually like kind of fixable. And then you go, okay, they're going to put the switch and all these different things. But their offense was terrible yesterday. And, you know, to... To live in that kind of zone of, hey, we'll just turn it on, and then you can't get any buckets, and you let them come out of this lead, and the Pacers are like, you know, we're this team in the East that absolutely no one talks about. Like, people talk about the Wizards more than us. Um, I, I thought that was really weird. I mean, it was. A, I don't want to get real worked up because I could totally see LeBron and this whole group coming out with them hitting threes and, and putting up a, a nice score against the Pacers in game two, but to see them lose in the opposite version of how I thought they'd lose is really just so surprising. And there was no, there just seemed to be no energy. There was no pop. Like, yo, this is the playoffs, and they're just shooting jump shots and couldn't, couldn't seem to affect the game in any other way. That's what I don't get. Is you know what? What is? Is it even cooler now to flip the switch on like after game two of the first round? <laughs> you know, like you want all of us to believe that this switch is possible, and because of Boston's injuries, because of the just unknown with Philadelphia and. The fact that the, the Raptors have given us three years of evidence that they're kind of a soft team, that you go, you know, I could see Cleveland getting through this thing again. Like, who are you really scared of? And right. they play like that, and you go, so what are we supposed to do? I'm just supposed to give you the benefit of the doubt until it's 3-1? Yeah, I, I, I think my, my working thought was that every series would be difficult, right? That there just wouldn't be one. Do I think that, that Indy can beat them four times in seven games? Not really. Um, I just don't. On the other hand, I think that Indy could. Who do they play? Who do they play the winner of? I'm totally even lost on on the brackets. You know, so uh, they're the four or five. So they play the one. Right. So, so could Indy beat them? No. But if Indy beats them two times, or Indy beats them three times, it changes how they look against Toronto. Like again, and we don't know which Toronto shows up because there were times in which that game one was in doubt. And even if they beat Toronto. You know, you know. Let's say they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, and whomever they play on that side, you know, whether it's the Seventy Sixers, who again, I'm I'm not sure what they are in in crunch time in a big. But if it's a if it's a Cavs team that's already older, that's been stretched out, and they played a six game series and a seven game series, I sure like a younger team's leg in that legs in that series more so than they would if they just played straight up. Fair. I think it's totally fair, but then I also kind of remind myself, like when I get into these negative modes watching Cleveland, I go, you know, let's not let's not let the negativity that you're stacking up here watching the Cavs play trick you into thinking there aren't problems with all these other teams. Like when Washington was up, I mean, the Raptors Washington series for me is so funny because they're two teams that I completely doubt their toughness because again they've given us so many examples to doubt them, and the Wizards are up, and you're going, you know, talent wise, this one ain't matchup. Like this is not. Like this isn't this isn't this massive gap in ability here based on these rosters. It really isn't. Um, but then Toronto's down, and you go here they go again. They're going to lose at home again for the second decade in a row. And then the Wizards can't get a bucket, and then they fall apart. 
And, you know, other than Beal and Wall, and Wall isn't the most efficient, but I think I, I stick up for him a lot. Um, Beal, I think you and I would agree we both like, but some nights you're like, how come it isn't better? And then Otto Porter, who's a max guy that if I said to you, hey, if Otto Porter gets zero points in the playoff game, would you be surprised? Nope. Yeah. So, you know, all of these other teams, whenever I'm watching Cleveland, I kind of do this thing where I check myself and go, okay, but, but you know, as bad as game one looked, I mean, obviously get through the Pacers first, but uh, you know, there's a lot of warts on these other teams too. Yeah, no, it's the it's the everybody's talking about the Patriots today with Brady and Gronk. I, I know you miss hosting a daily national radio show where you'd have to re, you know rehash that that whole stuff. But Ryan Rosillo joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show. But but it's still if you don't think the Patriots are going to win the AFC East, do you do you like the Bills? Do you like the Jets? Do you like the Dolphins? <laughs> right? I mean, it's kind of kind of the same thing, isn't it? No, and that's what I love about these teams at the top. Now, Cleveland's deficiencies are, are a bigger deal, okay? But, you know, New England, we're talking about all their turmoil in their... You know, look, they lost to Philly, but they lost in the Super Bowl. And, you know, if, if Foles is sacked on that one play where he's dropping back, if, if you know, another play... You know, that was a little bit more than just a bounce of a ball one way or the other. But that's two plays away from the past winning this whole thing. So, like, when I, when I hear about turmoil, I go, well... You know, turmoil to me six and ten. Okay, when Alabama is all of a sudden figured out by a by a dual threat QB, and you go, um, yeah, but he figured it out in like a last second throw in the national championship. Right, Let's right. See Alabama is in fourth place in the SEC West. So, you know, the Cleveland thing—if it's over and it's over earlier than most of us expect—we'll go. Hey, there was plenty of signs or plenty of things to look at here. The, the team never gelled. I mean, the thing is, LeBron has kind of. Hidden the fact is as amazing as he has been since January, he's completely, I think, covered up for the fact that most of his teammates, other than the few games Love has played, have been average to below average. And I'm talking like real below average. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, there's there's a reason these guys were available from from their previous team. Everybody seems to be like, oh man, Kobe Altman, he killed it. Like, yeah, there's a, there's a reason that. That other teams moved on from Ryan Rosillo joining us. You can download his podcast, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox, Fox Sports Radio. Um, San Antonio gets stomped by the Golden State Warriors. Not terribly surprising. I love that Golden State chooses only the playoffs to start Andre Godala instead of starting Quinn Cook, you know, a G League player at, at the point guard position. But what was maybe more interesting was this back and forth. Here's Pop afterwards talking about. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. Don't you expect Kawhi to rejoin you guys at any time in the playoffs? You'll have to ask Kawhi and his group that question. You know, so far they say that uh, he's not ready to go. Is there any? So we can't do anything until that happens. Then we would have to decide what's going on from there. But that's the first thing that has to happen. Any value, even if he's not playing, to having him on the bench with the guy? He's rehabbing right now in New York, trying to get healthy. Yeah, um, that's that's just it's the whole thing is is fascinating. How does this end? It's so weird because, you know, based on Kawhi's personality, and you're like, wait a minute, he's one of those dudes? Like, we always held him up as not being one of these dudes. And it would be like all of a sudden Gronk ending up a Rhodes Scholar and retiring early to, to start, like, you know, a, some community outreach thing with some, some scientific formula that no one else had thought of. You'd be like, hmm, didn't see that one coming. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it ends this way and that he's not going to go back to San Antonio. Now, I'm not guaranteeing that on your show right now, but I can only tell you that based on every conversation I've had, and you know how it is around the league, we start talking about stuff that's going to happen in months and months down the road. I mean, hell, I'm already a year ahead on possible stuff that people are like, hey, pay attention to this. But there isn't another team and there isn't an agent 
in the daily soap opera that is the NBA that thinks Kawhi is going back to San Antonio. And Pop giving you that second part of that answer where he's saying Kawhi and his group, that's, that's the word on this. Like a shoe deal fell apart, and they thought it was a lowball offer from Nike. They thought he should make way more. I think he was only making like a half a million on this current deal. We're talking about a finals MVP. So it feels like, hey, whatever it's been, that time is over and that he needs to build his brand and that he's looking for different things and that he doesn't want to be under the pop regime. And the fact that, you know, right now San Antonio is actually selling the idea that he's hurt when a lot of people don't think he's hurt because they feel like that's a better answer to this mystery that the guy just doesn't want to play with his team right now. So um, I'm not saying it's, it's a certainty, but I'm just telling you that everybody in this gossip, every time Kawhi is brought up, nobody thinks he's going back to San Antonio. Now that you've seen him play playoff caliber basketball, we still haven't seen Steph, but you watch him work out. It's reasonable to think he's going to return for the next series. As of today, Houston, Golden State, who do you take? Well, based on you know the conversations I've had about Curry, it's that you know him going through this kind of MCL sprain before, it helps him understand who he's going to be when he comes back and that they're being really cautious with this and that I've been told when he comes back he'll be good to go and that's likely – you know, the second ground, because I don't think San Antonio has enough to extend the series unless Golden State decides to turn off that switch. But both healthy, I'm taking Golden State. Golden State is multiple offensively. There's a million things that they can do. I actually think Houston's isolation versus the multiple switching defenders for Golden State, I'm not as afraid of it if I'm Golden State as I think everybody else is, because Houston has looked incredible from start to finish. And then people are throwing that 7-10 and 10 close for Golden State of the regular season where I'm going, yeah, but that's just not who they were. So when it's in front of us and one looks unbelievable and formable um, and the other one looks like a, a cheap version of itself with just a team that on year four is a little over it emotionally and just doesn't have that edge, I can understand how everybody likes Houston. But, you know, Houston doesn't do a million things here that you have to worry about. And that's where I still think Golden State has the advantage. But as we've learned without Curry or 100% Curry, like he's the one that makes them go. He's the one that makes them so impossible to defend. And if he comes back and doesn't look like that or something else happens with one of these other injuries, it opens the door for Houston. Yeah, I also think Houston, if, if you get Oklahoma City in the next round, that that's not as good a draw. I, I think Minnesota might win a game uh, or two. They just they, they do have enough to kind of muck it, muck it up and keep it, keep it close. They might want to throw the ball to Carl Towns at, at some point in time. But I hey, ju- can I jump in on that? Yeah. Do you think that Tibbs was kind of calling out Towns a little bit because the the Minnesota day to day part of it will say hey, this is on Towns too. Yes, and, I I, um, I said that to start the show. He's got to yeah. they have to want to get it to him. He's got to want to get the got, want the ball. I've been told that those guys all don't get along. Some of them don't like Tibbs. Some of them like each other, and that that's why it looks that way as well. But yeah, I think that I mean I look. This is kind of what we started the show. It's a different sport than regular season basketball, and that you got you got to demand the ball. And, you know, Jimmy Butler's not afraid to go demand the ball. Now, it doesn't look great what they're doing at the end of games. Uh, but, yeah, I, I do think it's a little bit on him. Yeah, I hate them. It's, I, it's weird because I love that roster when I look at Minnesota. And then I watch him play. And I go, okay, so bad switch. Gorgie Jang, long two, heels on the three-point line. Hits it with, like, two seconds left before the shot clock expires. Yep. And you go, that's a terrible possession, but it went in. So, like, they're in that game last night, and they can't defend. They still can't defend anybody. And, I mean, Houston, I mean, they shoot 10 of 37 and win at home. And, and, honestly, even though the game was close, Doug, I didn't feel like I was never scared. Like, Minnesota 
offensively in a close, tight game against Awful. another good team. They don't yeah. scare me. I, I, I agree with you, but I do think they'll get one, and I think they're going to keep them all close, and then I think Oklahoma City can beat them a, a game or, or two. Brian Rosillo, download his podcast. Appreciate you joining on my show. We'll talk soon, man. Thank you, Doug. Ryan Rosillo joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.